Hey, Dirty Money Moves listeners, it's Jamie. I've got a great episode for you today featuring a conversation that I had with Roberta Blevins, host of Life After MLM podcast. Not only is she a podcast host, Roberta is someone who's leading the charge in the anti-MLM movement. Roberta's name might sound familiar to those who binge a lot of documentaries, like me, because she was prominently featured in Prime Video's docuseries titled Lula Rich. Lula Rich exposed the shady business practices of LuLaRoe, an MLM company that's been widely criticized for its problematic practices. Roberta was in deep with LuLaRoe a few years ago, but she was able to leave the MLM company after realizing that it's basically a scammy pyramid scheme that wrecks people financially, among other things. Roberta is a subject matter expert when it comes to MLM companies, so I was really excited to have her on Dirty Money Moves to discuss MLMs, scams, pyramid schemes, and more. I hope you enjoy my chat with boss babe turned boss, Roberta Blevins. Well, I want to start out by welcoming you to the show. I have been listening to your podcast for quite some time now. I have seen you on the documentary for LuLaRoe. And just really, you have become sort of like that top source that I would think of who has a wealth of information and knowledge about, you know, MLM, anti-MLM. And I know that you are really sort of leading the charge in this um, big anti-MLM movement. We can talk all about that. But Roberta, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, thank you for that introduction. My name is Roberta. I live in San Diego, born and raised, and uh, I was part of LuLaRoe. It was in a documentary. It was a pyramid scheme. I was one of the whistleblowers and sort of just told the world my story. And here we are. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's been like the course over like the last six years. It's a very Reader's Digest version of it. But yeah, um, I mean, the anti-MLM movement is huge. I am one of the people that is leading the charge on this. It's become my full-time job and that's what I do now. <laughs> I, I, and you know, it's so necessary. The more that I have learned about this, like, you know, I said before we hit record, you know, you, you've been doing this for longer than I have, but I have come full circle on this thing. Like so many people, whereas I, I just, I would venture to say that just about every woman or person has some experience with an MLM, whether it was you were recruited, you bought the products, you hosted a party, you went to a party. You like the all, there is in some way. I never actually joined an MLM, although I did think about it pretty hardcore at least twice. And you know, there was always something inside of me that was like, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm not convinced that this is going to work out for me. But I wanted to. It all sounded great. I didn't know much other than my instincts were telling me, I'm just not sure this is going to work out. And you know what it was? It was that every single person I knew that was part of an MLM, they weren't making money. They I, right. they didn't seem to be making money. I had not done a deep dive. I didn't know whether they were or weren't. But it always seemed like somebody would start and it was all exciting. They buy the kit, they tell a few people, and then you just fade out because it's so much harder to be successful in it than it seems at the onset, right? Yeah. And then if you ask that friend, oh, hey, I thought you were selling those shakes or those pills. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm not really a salesperson. And then that's yeah. the end of it. And then they don't say anything anymore. And you're like, oh, yeah, me neither. And it's like, I don't know, like of any other like abusive act where people are like, oh, yeah, I just uh, I wasn't very good at it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> the case, though. 
<laughs> it's not you. It's them. I promise. Right. And, you know, that leads me to another thing. It's like, you know, I've listened to some of the, which, by the way, we should mention your podcast. You have a great podcast called Life After MLM. And by the way, I love your cover art. Oh, it thank perfectly you. My daughter did. helped me make it. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's like I totally just by looking at your cover art, it's like I know exactly what this show is about not even looking at the title. So it's very, very good job. Love the colors. everything. Yeah. But even besides all of the pressure, once you do join an MLM and they're like, you got to do this and you got to do that. And why aren't your sales here? And you know more about that than I do. But almost everybody fails. They they, they join an MLM right. and it is legitimately an industry that is really set up for you to fail. The statistics say what? 99% plus yeah. of people either don't make money or actually lose money. Yeah. When all is said and done, 99.7%, I think is like highest statistic that we've seen is 99.7 when all is said and done. And that's like, including your sunk cost, your opportunity costs, the money that you're putting in, you know, what you're not doing because you're doing this and that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's literally an industry that is set up for you to fail. Yet here we are, you know, if you join an MLM there, you are 100% going to feel with you that you're just not good at this. You're a failure. I've heard a girl, you know, who was interviewed on your podcast and she's just like, God, she went through this like deep depression after it didn't work out for her. And she absolutely felt like, fuck, like I, I have failed when she literally joined an industry that is set up and designed for her to fail. Right. Because everybody that introduced her to the business or was in the business with her told her how easy it was yes, and how, exactly. how it sells itself and how everybody wants this. And it's the best product on the market. And like, you just have to get it in front of the right eyes and you're, you're doing that and people still don't want it. And you, it's a lot of people take it personally. Like it must be me because they have the car, they're going on the vacations. They've got the team. This person over here is just killing it. It's got to be me. It has to be me. And I think what we see is only the successful people, right? We don't see the failures. And so 99.7% of us are failures. We don't see that because it has now successfully been turned into, well, you just weren't a salesperson or you just didn't work hard enough. And that's the reason you failed. Yeah. You didn't hustle hard enough. Right. And people internalize that and really truly believe that they weren't good enough when it's literally built to fail. And by failing, you are actually succeeding in the system. Of course, because you may have failed, but you have made some money for the upline and for right. the founders. And that is what it is designed to do. Yeah, The attrition rate is probably just crazy. But if you get enough people to join, <laughs> buy it, get their friends to buy it or whatever, and keep doing that monthly subscription to keep up with their minimums that they have to buy. That all rolls up to the upline. That seems to be how it works, is that like you lose your ass on it, but but your upline's making a few bucks and then like the co-founders are making a lot of bucks. Yeah, hope is a hell of a drug. And that's what they sell. They sell hope. If you just work a little bit harder, you know, it took me six months. You've only been in it for two months. You just need mm-hmm. to work a little harder. It's just how it is. This is how this industry works. Like, sorry, nobody explained it to you before you got in. And, you know, you get into these positions and and you get into these levels. The first couple levels are usually the easiest ones to get into if you do decide to recruit and build a team. But then once you're in those levels, you're stuck, right? All your mm-hmm. eggs are in your basket. You've got maybe a $1,000 bonus coming in but you have to spend $600 to get it. Right. And you're like, oh, well, I can't leave $400 on the table. I guess sure. I'll spend $600 worth of stuff I don't need so I can get that $1,000 bonus and be in the in the green for 400 up. 
Yes. And that happens so often. And that's, I mean, that's where people are like, nobody forced me to buy anything. Or why are people just, why are their garages full of stuff? It's like, because of that right there. Because they're being told you're leaving money on the table. When I was in LuLaRoe, Mark, who's the founder, if you've seen LuLaRoe, you know what he looks like. And he says things like, uh, if you're not participating in the leadership bonus plan, then you're burning my money. You're leaving money on the table. And that's an insult to me. You're burning my money. It's completely predatory. And I want to go back to something you had said earlier. You you know, you're you're absolutely right when you say that we don't see the ones that fail, right? There's not, there's, there's, you're only seeing the girl pulling up into her driveway and having her husband film it. And she's in this brand new Tahoe. Look what I bought with my bonuses. Look what I, you know, all those things. However, there is something, and there is one particular person that I have in my head right now. And of course I'm not going to name names, but I have been watching this person and I have all these suspicions that are telling me, number one, she's fun to look at. She's adorable. And she's in a makeup type MLM. So she's sort of turned it into like, oh, I'm a beauty influencer, but she's also part of this MLM, right? First of all, my hackles went up when I saw one day, it was like she had 1,700 followers, right? Like a week later, she was at like 10K. You did not go from 1,700 to 10K in a week. Organically, you paid for followers. That is, if I were to put money on it. So, and look, People probably do that all the time. I think there are probably huge celebrities. People would be shocked to know that they paid for followers. However, probably, and I'm not yeah. going to go deep dive it and, <laughs> and you know be able to prove it, but but I'm looking at it going, okay, so now all these women who you're trying to recruit under you, you're giving them a false sense of this is, look how successful I've been able to be. Right. When in reality, you probably bought those followers. That's number one. Number two, Yes, you just pulled up in the driveway and you're saying you got this brand new Tahoe. It's the car of your dreams. And you're telling us that's because of my checks that I'm getting from this MLM. But I have yet to see your profit and loss statement. All right. right. You and and look, I can pull up in, in a Ferrari tomorrow and I can tell you that it's because <laughs> Jamie's podcast just blew up. I am balling out of control. But there are so many ways you can go out and get something expensive and, and be leveraged up to your ears. All I'm saying is that like a lot of shit we see on social media, it isn't reality. And it is so easy to game the system. You can buy followers. You can say you got bought the Tahoe with your checks from this MLM when in reality you're leveraged up to your ass and could barely afford it, you know, and had to get a really high interest rate to get it. I'm just, I'm making Absolutely. things up, but it's like, it's not all real what we see. And- I've heard somebody say this on your podcast before, and it totally resonated with me. It's like they do all the things, right? They they show a picture of the check. Look at this check. It's $3,000, let's just say, right? It's $3,000. I made $3,000. But when you, first of all, when you have to show a picture of the check, that's a red flag. It's also illegal. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's that too. (laughs) And I've done it. I'm guilty of doing that when I was in LuLaRoe. I absolutely did it. But I'm sure they coach you to do that, right? Show them the proof. But if you're in a legitimate business, you're never going to feel compelled to show us your, to show us your check, to show us your tax returns or whatever it is. Like you don't need to do that because nobody really thinks that your business is a scam. It's it's just a very strange thing. I mean, imagine just like going to the grocery store after work of your salary job that you like went to college and have a degree for, and then like taking a picture with the checkout <laughs> person and being like, so glad my lawyer job got me my groceries today. It's just, it's odd behavior. It is and odd behavior. Those are red flags that like people just sort of be like, well, I don't know. She's just kind of strange. She's like really into this thing, but like, those are red flags. And even looking back, 
once you're out of this cult fog, this MLM fog, you look back and you go, oh my God, I am so embarrassed that I posted that. But you think at the time, everybody else around you, all of your peers are doing it. And it's like, I can see them spinning it in a way that's like, this is inspirational. Show these women out there who want a side hustle that you just got a $2,000 check. Like, and you're, and you're proud. Like, look, I hustled, but like, they're also not showing you what their expenses were and their time. A $2,000 check means nothing to me unless I can see your profit and loss statement and I can see all of the expenses. How many kits, you know, you bought your kit, your your monthly minimums that you have to meet, your your time spent every day tracking all these people on a spreadsheet to recruit <laughs> them, you know, going to events because I highly doubt the MLM is paying for you to go to all these nope. inspirational events, the travel expense. So how much did it cost you to get that $2,000 check is what I'm always curious about. Yeah. You know, and it's probably close to like at least half is what they spent to get it. I mean, the people at the top of the pyramid are probably hitting these numbers, like no problem, like on the third day of the month, not a problem at all because they exponentially have so many people underneath them. And it's all about, it's a numbers game. And so the people at the very, very top they're like, I don't understand. It's like so easy. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously. For you. I remember like hitting my numbers within the first two weeks in LuLaRoe and being like, whew, got my bonus check. Don't have to worry about it. Like knowing that. But mm-hmm. there also were people who were struggling at the the literal the last day of the month. We see it all the time. If you go on social media on like the 28th, 29th, 30th of the month, you will see it. You will absolutely see the sales, the hustle. I just need every, if everybody just spent $7.32, then I could afford, you know, like I have 200 friends. And if everybody, you know, they do this. In fact, we even made a game one time on YouTube and we played end of month bingo. And we were just using their posts as our bingo. Like, and we were getting bingo. It was wild. And it's so like systemic. It is so robotic and it's, it's formulaic. Mm-hmm. it's literally you just plug it in you just take out put name here and you just copy and paste it and send it on some of them don't even take that out right and i've seen all kinds of screenshots of people being like they didn't even take out put their name here they just they just sent it to it's me it's literally like copy oh my gosh yeah. where it's just like a, a literally complete like copy a paste, like template yeah and you're doing it so fast without any care at all that you're making these really basic mistakes that this is your first impression of trying to sell somebody something and, and you called them, put their name here. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. You know, like, and so the the backside that people don't understand is that these companies are literally training people like me to deceive people. Mm-hmm. Deanne would tell us like, fake it until you become it. She said that instead of fake it till you make it. Like I've seen people go to like, expensive car dealerships and just take pictures in front of cars and crop out. So it looks like they're, or, or showing a rental. I had a person that came on my show and was talking about Amway and they were talking about how at these big Amway events, there are actually vendors there that were renting like jewelry and high ticket items to the top Amway people so that they could go in and look like they had Louis and diamonds and they were dripping and all of this stuff, but it was all rentals that they were renting at the convention. And the Amway people were getting a cut of the rentals. Like it's all, it's just, it's happening in front of people's eyes and they're still going like, look at them. They're so amazing. Oh my gosh. It, it's so, it, and I know this you, this word gets thrown around, but it is very culty. Oh, it's a cult. Very, very scammy. I mean, there are very, very, very intelligent, 
highly educated people who fall victim to scams. And it is like they carry around this shame with them. But that is absolute proof anybody could be a victim. They are just so good at what they do, the manipulation tactics, and just playing on people's vulnerabilities. I mean, that is what they do. And military wives who move around a lot with their partners um, to another state and they find themselves without a friendship circle. Well, and then a hun bot DMs them like, hey, mm-hmm. love your profile. So cute. Like, oh my God, me and my friends, we do this. And, you know, it, it, it just the whole thing, you yeah, know? you'd and- be so great at what I do. You're like, you don't know anything about me at all. <laughs> Like I could be a serial killer. What do you mean I'd be so great at what you do? What do you do? <laughs> totally. I know. And I, I've gotten those DMs actually and uh, a couple girls from high school, but, um, and they're always so complimentary and it's just the whole thing. And the thing is, I'm not even really trying to come down on them. I don't think that most of these people are bad people. I really don't. No. I think quite the opposite. They're just like you and me and they've gotten caught up in something. And also once you get caught up in something, it's so much easier to deceive people than to convince them they've been deceived, convincing them that like, no, you've been had. It's the right. hardest thing for them to come to that realization that like, holy shit, I have been tricked mm-hmm. and to admit to it. Yeah. I mean, that's cognitive dissonance. And it's when like two opposing views that you both know are true are like battling, like well, right. I know this, but then they're they're giving me proof that what I know is not real. And that's proof and it's factual, but I know this in my heart. And I spent the last, I don't know, 20 years of my life believing this to the teeth, cutting people out of my life because of my belief, uh, not, you know, doing specific things, missing out on things because of my belief. And now you're showing me that my belief is not real. Like that this is a scam. It's a cult. It's a fraud. No, 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 no. Because that yeah. realization of having to admit that what they're doing and what they have been involved in, that they got had, that they were wrong, that they got scammed, that is that is the hardest thing for people to admit. And it's one of the hardest steps of getting out of these is that realization and the actualization and then taking accountability for like, okay, I was had and I tried to get other people had too. Mm-hmm. Because I realized to not be had, I had to basically make someone else get had so that I wasn't that person anymore. Sure. And that's a part of this. And I think a lot of people, as they're leaving, they start to realize when they really do the work, they go, oh my God, the posts I made, the guilt, I made people feel guilty for not wanting to eat organically or, you know, get away from the toxins in their life or whatever it is. I made people feel guilty. I lost friends over it. Sure. And so it's really, really hard for people to say that. And a lot of times where you see people like, uh, like Stockholm syndrome, they just stay. Because it's easier. It is easier than opening that Pandora's box and having to go, holy fucking shit. What did I do? And who did I believe? And what was the ripple effect of my pebble in that pond? Yeah. It's really hard to come to terms with. I I mean, I'm still coming to terms with it every day. And I've Mm -hmm. been out of LuLaRoe since 2017. Was that like five and a half years? Five? Mm -hmm. I don't even know how long. A long time. And it's really hard. And not Mm -hmm. a lot of people want to or can do it. And so I think that's why we see so many people who will defend. uh, I even see people still that aren't even in LuLaRoe defending LuLaRoe because it would be detrimental to their mind to admit that they were part of it. Sure, Uh, You see a lot of people staying in religions, Scientology, different cults like that for a long time and saying, why can't you just leave? Why can't you just walk out that door? Why can't you just start over? And that's a, a, a much more complicated question than just walking out the door. It, there's a there's a lot there 
There's so much there and you can draw so many parallels, like you said, between like cults, scams, mm-hmm. MLMs, certain religions, like you really can draw a lot or you're getting out of any of these. Mm-hmm. And the way I look at it is that like, if I'm a part of anything and I decide to stop doing that thing and I'm going to lose friends and or loved ones because I've left, it was not a good thing to begin with. It just wasn't. Right. Because those are not genuine relationships. That's a problem. And it's the same with the MLM. It's like, I imagine that's part of the the realization of like, you know what? I've been losing money now that I've really looked at my numbers. I'm actually losing money at this LuLaRoe thing or whatever MLM it is. Um, That's one thing. But if I leave, I'm literally going to lose the girlfriends that I've been associating with and having Mm -hmm. wine with and getting on Zooms with. And we compliment each other. I. For they're going to leave, and I'm no longer going to have a built-in like friendship circle. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough too, because what they're starting to realize, obviously, having these thoughts that it was never really real anyway, but it's still in some way companionship, even if it's dysfunctional and even if it's predicated on you being part of that same MLM. It's still something that, like I imagine, fills your time, and it's fun to be a part of the group text message and making jokes with each other and getting together for drinks. And if all that stops, it's a really lonely place to be. Yeah. I mean, excommunication almost feels just like death Mm -hmm. because you're not really most likely will never talk to these people again. As soon as I started feeling proud of successfully executing Thanksgiving dinner, I was quickly reminded by my daughter's wish list that the holiday season wasn't over and I needed to start preparing for Christmas. No matter how many years of the holiday season I've experienced, it always seems to sneak up on me. If you're a small business owner or you just have a huge family with almost enough members in it to fill a small business, the seasonal excitement or dread is starting to settle in right about now. But don't worry, with Stamps.com, it's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control. In only a few minutes, you can sign up and print your own postage so you can beat the holiday chaos at the post office. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all of your shipping and mailing needs. For more than two decades, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over a million businesses. With just a regular computer and printer, nothing fancy, you'll get access to the USPS and UPS services needed to run your business with no lines, no traffic, and no hassle this holiday season. You can even save up to 86% off with major discounts on USPS and UPS shipping rates. This holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code DIRTYMONEY for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Dirty Money. I was blocked. I was like removed from everything. I didn't have any access to like the group chats. I didn't have any access to the groups I was in. I was removed from everything. I was blocked by people who I thought were friends who I literally had talked to the day before about stuff. So you can't even get an update on what's going on or the doctor's appointment you went to yesterday because I'm no longer even in your life anymore. Mm -hmm. And so having to mourn those relationships as death because they do not, they will not associate with you Mm -hmm. at all. And I didn't think that was going to happen. And it did. 
I thought, no, I'm nice. People will understand. And it wasn't about me being nice or me being a good friend or me being there for that person when they needed it or, you know, any of that or me helping anybody. Like It wasn't about any of that. It was us versus them. And I was on the outside now. And so, nope, Roberta's gone. So it wasn't a genuine relationship, but it felt genuine to you. And you certainly yeah. thought like, no, it's still going to be there. That, that It's so sad to think and see, but they're actively being manipulated and they right. could still, I can still believe that these people who rejected you in that way, which seems like a very cold and a very mean thing to do. But I also know that a good majority of, if not all of them are also just being manipulated and pressured and they're just in it. They're like in that cult and in that mindset that like, okay, yeah. now you're the bad guy. You're not with mm-hmm. us. You're against us. Absolutely. And they're not bad people for the most part. I would, you know, they're just sort of caught up. Absolutely. They're Mm -hmm. definitely caught up. And there have been people that have left that unfriended me and blocked me who have unblocked me and refriended me and reached out and said, you were right. I'm sorry. And I said, it's so good to talk to you. It's so good to see your face. You don't even have to say that. Like, it's fine. I understand. Like, you're in a very, very high demand group. Like, you don't like Deanne literally will tell you block them, block them. She's gone. You don't want that. You know, she's negative. She's talking negative blocker comes Mm -hmm. from Deanne. So you you listen because if you don't listen, you're made an example of and you get punished and you get punished in ways that are like very covert that like nobody would understand because they're not on the inside like you are. You know, mm-hmm. you decide, you say no, you don't get invited to come on stage to speak anymore. You say no, you don't get to be a part of like this event. You don't get invited to the next one. You know, I started asking questions in the next event I was uninvited to. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just don't have enough people and we're not doing it this way. And I was like, but you let them go and they're like, what? And I I started realizing that, that I was slowly being excommunicated because I had started asking questions yes. and I didn't realize it back then, but that was like the beginning. Like she's asking too many questions. The first couple questions I asked, I got like love bombed and like gifts. Like, oh, do you want to go on a cruise? Don't worry about that question. Do you want to go on a vacation for free? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I won't worry about that question. Here's yeah. a cookie. Go sit on the bench. I was distracted enough until the distractions didn't work anymore. And I still had the same questions. And then it was like, slowly I was being punished. Well, Roberta's not invited to this anymore. Roberta wasn't on that Zoom call. Roberta didn't get to be a part of that training. Roberta didn't do this or wasn't invited to this event. And, you know, looking back on it and seeing it and being like, it's just, it's culty. It follows yeah. all of the the signs of the bite model, every single one, which is Dr. Stephen Hassan, who is a uh, works with cults. He formulated the bi model and it stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotion, which are the ways that high demand groups control you. I, I, I use the term high demand group and cult sort of interchangeably because most everybody knows what a cult is. But at the same time, people don't look at MLMs and think they're cults because you're just selling lipstick and, and shakes. That's not a cult. You chose to join. You're choosing. It's all of your choosing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like a traditional cult like Jonestown or Heaven's Gate or something that ends in this horribly destructive massacre. And I want people to understand that just because my psychological manipulation and torment didn't end in my murder doesn't mean that it is any less valid and didn't happen. Mm -hmm. It did happen. And I still process through it. And I help others process through it too. But I see people say things like, oh, it's a mini cult. And I've been guilty of saying this too. And and again, Mm -hmm. we just try to be better than we were the day before. But people are like, oh, that's like a cult cult. We can be more specific. We can call it a personality cult or a commercial cult or a guru cult Mm -hmm. or a one-on-one cult. But they're cults. 
Yeah. I'm not going to say, oh, it's like a little cold or it's like a coldy cold or it's like, like a real cold. Because yeah, they're all yeah cold. you're just minimizing it. It's kind of <laughs> right. like, you know, with, you know, my true crime brain immediately goes to, you know, back in the day, a guy who sort of peeked through your window, he was just, he's just a peeping Tom. Right. No, a peeping Tom. It, it makes it sound so innocent, like he just wants right. to peek. No, the dude is actively stalking you, and his his behavior is going to escalate. That is a very disturbing and dangerous behavior. You could end up dead because this guy is peeping through your window. You know, right. it's more than. Let's not call it a peeping Tom. This is very disturbing behavior. It's something way more elevated than that. Um, yeah, and you're right. I totally agree with you. MLMs. It's not a mini cold. It's not cultish. It is a cult. And we can say that because of all of the parallels that it shares, the traits in common with an actual cult, like the Jonestown or the Heaven's Gate. Like you said, there are just so many that you could rattle off that it's like, same, same, Mm -hmm. same. So let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Watching Scientology content is what made me go, oh, shit, I'm in a cult. Wow. Like that that happened to me in LuLaRoe, like what they're talking about. I literally experienced that like two weeks ago. I was like, holy crap. Like I was seeing it in real time and going, my cognitive dissonance was just blowing up, just shattering, cracking. All the light was coming in. And I'm like, yeah. oh, and I figured it out. And I didn't figure out the pyramid scheme until a little later. I figured out the cult first, mm-hmm. the cult aspect first, because of the way that I was being treated, ignored, excommunicated, talked to, like t- being punished for no reason other than just having a question. The, the cult stuff I figured out first. It wasn't until later when I started talking to other people and I started realizing that other things were happening with money and things that I started really, oh crap, this is a scam too. And then mm-hmm. digging deeper into that and realizing, oh no, it's like a pyramid. Like it's literally the definition of a pyramid scheme and it is being run as a pyramid scheme and not as a multi-level marketing company. There's a very small governmental distinction, but LuLaRoe was not making that distinction. And I was like, um... Hi, I I have information if anybody wants it, and that's sort of what happened. Uh, but yes, it's it's just it's it's they're cults. It's wild. It's it's all it's all connected. It is, and you know when you think about you know somebody who joins an MLM, the, of course they look at it like it's it's, it's like oh my god, I'm kind of like going to have my own business and. I'm going to like make my own hours and it's, I've always wanted to have my own business. And this is really cool. Cause like the website's already there. I don't have to do that. And, oh, I just buy this inventory kit. Boom. It's inventory. I don't have to go and do the market research and create my own product. Okay, cool. That sounds very exciting. Great. But if you think about, and I heard this on your podcast too, and I'm going to say it wrong and you can correct me, but there aren't enough people in the universe, including like children and babies who can't buy your product for you to keep going and going and going and selling enough product to be a successful salesperson and make money, right? What is this? What? How did you break it down? It's like <laughs> multiples of five or something yeah. like that. So this is actually an example that Robert Fitzpatrick, who is uh, the founder of Pyramid Scheme Alert, Robert Fitzpatrick came up with this essentially. It might even be John Taylor. I'm not sure, but it is like OG anti-MLM lore that they did this math. And essentially exponential math, if you're teaching everybody to just get five people, right? You're going to join my MLM, Jamie. And all you have to do is love and use the product. Easy. You're already doing that. And two, find five friends that want to love and use the product too, and then teach them to do what I'm teaching you right now. That's it. How easy is that? I just gave you the pitch in not even a minute. Who can't do that? Who doesn't know five people, right? 
And of course, you think you go, I know Sounds way great. more than five people. That's so yeah. easy. I only have to find five people. Easy. But when we look at it exponentially, five people getting five people getting five people getting five people after 13 levels of successful five people getting five people, you will run out of people on earth, including earth. elderly people, babies that are being born, people on their deathbed, people in third world countries who have never even heard of MLMs. But that's not even true anymore because with the invention of the internet and social media, MLMs are actually reaching into these third world countries, into these tribes, and they're they're getting there and, and they're they're getting into it. But 15 levels and you're out of people. And that's for one MLM. And there are thousands, and I think probably three to five hundred that are active right now, but there have been thousands over the last 50 years. It's just when I heard it broken down like that, I'm like, that makes so much sense to me. Because MLMs, it's such a saturated market, right? There are so many MLMs and there are so many members of an MLM. So let's just say I join some makeup MLM tomorrow, right? And it's like, cool, I know people in the carpool line at my daughter's school and I know this or that. But it's like, I can't imagine the number of people I have to talk to on a daily basis that I have to then try and convert. Let's say I talk to 10 in one day. If I'm lucky, maybe a half or one will convert into a client. But at some point, they're not going to like use it for life and they're going to fall off or they're going to have enough product for the next four months. So then they're not going to buy from me for four months. So then now I got to, okay, got to go back at it, got to go back at it. Or it's just like, God, if, if, if the system's that way, it's like, if this was a legitimate product, why isn't this product just being sold on the open market? Why can't I go to <laughs> Sephora and buy the goddamn mascara? Why right. does it have to be exclusively, and I got to like sell it as a subscription and a monthly thing? It just, none of it uh, makes a whole lot of sense to me. Right. It's because the consultants are the true customer, right? Yes. So you're buying it already at this like elevated price. You get an MLM like makeup palette, it's like $65. So like you expensive. can buy... A better quality, like ColourPop makeup palette for like $15 Absolutely. at Target right now. You could drive, buy it, come home and put it on your face within an hour. And nobody's going to be able to tell if it's the $65 eyeshadow or the $5 eyeshadow. Nobody's going Nobody. to, it's not going to change your world. Right. It's you know, but if you're thing. spending $65 on makeup, like I really hope it's like Dior or something like that's just like treat yourself, girl. Get it, you know, like don't spend $65 on like unique, you know what I mean? Like, come on. So that is not guilty of that. That is not the flex that people think it is. Right. It is not the flex (laughs) at all. Uh, And so you're the true customer. You're paying a premium. Okay. Even the wholesale that these reps are like, I get a really good discount. Even the wholesale is more expensive than the retail on most better products in the grocery store, in the makeup store, in the big box store right now. So that's why they make so much money, right? Mm -hmm. I join and I go, well, I'm going to sell this now. But if someone comes over and they're like, oh my gosh, we're barely selling lipstick. Oh, too bad you don't have the red one. I really wanted to try the red one. Well, crap. I'm going to have to buy one of everything. Yeah. So I'm going to buy the entire stock yeah. as a rep mm-hmm. at my cost. And I do get a discount, but again, it's still more than regular makeup would be. Mm-hmm. And now I own the entire stock. So you can come over to my house and look at it anytime you want. But I can't just have the entire stock because those are going to be my testers and I can't mm-hmm. sell my testers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to get maybe two of everything. Mm-hmm. So then if I have two of everything, but if somebody comes over and I have two people come over that want that red lipstick, so I should probably have three of everything just to be safe. 
Yes. That's the mindset. People are the profit. Like it, it's right. literally enough Roberta's out there who's going to join this makeup MLM. They're going to buy not only their starter kit, but then now all of a sudden they're going to feel this pressure to have this inventory because Brenda, who they know from the carpool line, what if she wants red or mauve or burgundy? Like right. I, so you're going to buy all that. So a piece of that, a piece of what you buy from your starter kit, everything you spend monthly, uh, you know, for inventory that you think you need to have, it's all rolling up to your upline. And then if you recruit those five people, those five people are doing the same damn thing. They are buying the starter kit. They're buying the red and the mauve and the this because they don't want to be, they don't want to lose the sale because if they don't have the red that Brenda from the carpool line wants, Brenda from the carpool line can literally just go to the next person down from the carpool line. Chances are they're also selling the same exact product that you are. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is like the saturated market. It's like, not only do I have to like get all these people to to buy from me on a consistent basis. And we're talking like big, big numbers, but you also have like, what, what's going to stop them from going to their other neighbor who also sells the exact same product as you do. You know what I mean? Maybe they know her a little better. So it's just such a saturated market with uh, market with these MLM members. So it's like, God, I've got to, it's so difficult. And this is why it doesn't work, but you're right. People are really the profit. It's not that all these reps are so successful at selling these wonderful, expensive, overpriced makeup products to like thousands of people each month. It's just that they're meeting their minimums each month and they're buying inventory that they're going to have a hard time selling and they're buying starter kits. They're getting a few people to do the same. Those people are getting a few people to do the same. Every day, yes. new people hop on and do the same thing. And it's just, it is people. And every day people leave and say, yes. don't join that company. It's a total scam. And people go, you're a hater. <laughs> okay. And it repeats. It's you're fear exactly- monger. It's fear monger marketing. Yes. Because I'm now buying the amount of makeup for like 20 people as a single person. Yes. And that's I, because it right I'm, there. I'm afraid that Brenda's going to go down the carpool lane and buy the red from the person that's four cars ahead, who's who's maybe on my team or I'm on her team or she's on a rival team or something yes. like that. There's so much like competition and pitting women against women and men too, but 75% of MLM participants are women. So it is more yeah. of like a women centric focused problem. But yes, and there's just so much fear monger marketing where there you're just is. like, I have to have it. And then we also have to realize that once you've bought the entire set of everything three times, right? But what about spring colors, Jamie? We have our peaches and now we have shimmers and now we have our blushes. And did you know that we're going to go into cream-based makeup now? Oh, and now we're going to do this. Oh, and now it's about this. So every month there's something else being released that you have to have because if you don't get it, Brenda will, and they'll buy it from her. Such a great point. You're exactly, and I hadn't even thought about that. It's not even about like just buying the same old things and like, okay, it, you're, now we have our spring colors and you're going to have, oh God, now you're going to spend 400 more dollars so that you won't lose that potential sale sale yeah. to Brenda, you know, down the road. But it, it's just, app, and that is how your upline and the co-founders make all this money because yeah. you, are, you as an MLM member in their downline are feeling all this pressure you know, and so you're continuing and you're buying and you're like you said, you're buying enough product for you are 20 people, you yeah. know, you are 20 people. So then if you get a few people to do it, then they do it and then they buy enough for 20 people. That's what it is. It's not that these products are so amazing and that they're just selling so well, you can't keep them on the shelves. It's right? just that the MLM members are buying it, you know, 
So my team buys all these 20 things, right? Like so much. And I get this big, huge bonus check. And guess what I spend it on? Next Inventory. month's big, huge thing I need to get. Yes. So I'm not really making any money because I'm constantly investing. Because even when you do make a big bonus check, they'll, your upline will say, don't forget to restock. Don't forget to restock. You had such a big sale. Look at your huge bonus check. Oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Don't forget to restock. And oh, don't forget to save a little for next week's sale because there's something coming up next week that you're going to want to save. So not only are people like spending the money now, but they're also saving a little to be able to spend it. Like there's so much future faking I had a lot of girls on my team that were like, I really want the launch in two weeks. So I'm going to buy a ton of stuff now and I'm going to sell it all. And that will get me enough money to get the launch in two weeks. And I'm like, will it though? Because what happened was now they were just stuck with a ton of inventory that they couldn't sell. And then they didn't have enough money for the launch in two weeks. And then they're scrambling and they're upset. And they're like, my business is going to fail because I didn't get Disney leggings or whatever it is. And then they're scrambling and they're buying Disney leggings from other people who couldn't sell those Disney leggings. Yes. So they're going to sell them to you. And maybe you can try. Maybe your people would want them. And then you're buying leggings that nobody wants between consultants because you didn't get it. It's, it, it's just, I can't, I don't know the word for it. They create a frenzy. And, it's like and a cacophony you, of like... It is. You it's just are, wild. And, and that is ex exactly how you just explained it. It's so easy to see when you take a, a few steps back. Your people out there in the world are not the customer. You no. are the customer. The MLM, who whoever owns the MLM, they are, they're, they're selling to you as the yeah. MLM member. And they're creating a frenzy, making you think that you better hop on these. Oh, you just got that bonus check. You better hop on these spring colors and you da 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 da. And you're, I imagine you being on these Zoom calls. And like you said, these women are being pitted against each other. And if you hear Susie and Sally on the Zoom call going, oh my God, just got my spring colors. You're like, shit, they're ahead of the curve. They've got the spring colors. Now people are going to want to buy from them. I don't have the spring colors for Brenda and the carpool line. Shit, here's $500. Let me buy those spring colors so I can keep, keep up with the Joneses. And it just, it's a yeah. frenzy. And they're very, very, very good at making you think that you're like a business owner. And right. That you're, I was just going to say, boss, but you're business? the customer. Yes. <laughs> and it's not. Dude, if this was your own business, this, dri this drives me wild too. It's like, <gasps> you're not a business owner. If no. you were a business owner, you would have complete control over what is being sold, how it's being sold, what your website looks like. What who, you can and can't discount and at what price point. Absolutely. And you, you're exactly right. And it's like, you know, I go back to, and also what also trips me out about, you know, these MLMs is like, okay, Primerica, for yeah. example, right? <laughs> Primerica, I'm going, well, I'm, I'm showing my age, guys. I'm showing my age. So Primerica, you know, I knew a couple of guys back in the day who were sort of like family, but like friends, whatever. we'd go to the bars and all, we'd go out and get messy and like, we just, great guys. We'd have so much fun. And they knew nothing about financial you know, management. They do nothing about life, nothing about the financial world at all. These are blue collar construction worker. Like, okay, they go to a, a primary, they get pulled in, they go to this Primerica meeting, right? And then now all of a sudden they've seen the light and they're like, oh my God, I've just had a light bulb turn on. I am going to be my own boss. I am <laughs> going to work for Primerica and I'm going to fin do financial consulting and all. And it's like, then they approach me they approached me and my my husband at the time, my ex-husband, and they're like, hey, so can we have a meeting? I think this would be really, I can really help you out. And in my mind, I'm literally going, yesterday when I saw you, you were a construction worker and we were going to the <laughs> bars and hanging out. Today, because you've gone to a couple meetings and now you're wearing a tie, 
uh, you know, in some of the pictures that I see of you, you're going to come to my house and literally tell me how to manage my money. That's yes. in, that's wild. Well, you he's now it, a hun bro. Right. He's a hun bro. Like, and that's, and that's and how it is. And it's like that with like Beachbody. You know, we just did a series <laughs> on Beachbody. It's like, dude, you have no, for the most part, I'm assuming most of these people who join Beachbody, these are for the most part, not anybody who's certified in health, nutrition, no. dietetics, fitness. They're lay people like you and me. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like you literally just flip, you pay some money, get your starter kit. And literally now you're giving fitness and health advice. That's wild and also dangerous. There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. Personally, I'm on a journey to get more volume and strength in my hair. Anyone who knows the extreme maintenance and upkeep that blonde hair requires also knows how damaging all the dye and bleaching can be on your hair. So I'm always looking for hair care products that maintain my hair strength and can withhold my styling routine. My hair is naturally very fine, and I've always dreamt of thick, voluminous, bouncy hair like all the models in the hair ads. Thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair. Pros works because it's personalized hair care, which means that it's tailored to suit your specific hair needs and goals. They use natural ingredients with proven results, and pros customizes every product in your routine, from shampoo to supplements. First, Pros gets to know you by asking questions through their hair quiz, and I was surprised at some of the questions they asked me. I expected them to ask about my hair damage level, but I was surprised to see them ask about my eating habits and my current exercise routine. I answered about how I loosely follow a keto diet, work out four to five times a week, and dye my hair every few weeks. Pros then analyzed my answers to figure out which unique blend of ingredients I needed in each of the products in my personal hair care routine. With that level of attention to detail, I knew that Pros had my hair goals covered. When I started using the Pros shampoo and conditioner, I started noticing a change in my hair after only a few washes. My hair looked healthier and more shiny, and most importantly, more voluminous. After years of misleading hair products, I was so happy to have finally found products that actually made a difference in my hair. And did I mention that Pros is also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral? Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash dirty money. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash dirty money for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. It's uh, it is very interesting, and it's like <laughs> you hear the, you know, you see this both of those examples with the with the bro bots and the beach body. These people join these things, and they're like, ah, like I've seen the light. It's all about residual income, and you're like, oh, okay. It's all about multiple streams of residual income. It's about building wealth. It's about building wealth, and you're like, <laughs> how? And they're like, by selling bullshit insurance policies to people who also don't understand finances. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Good luck with that. Good <laughs> Have fun with that. that. And then Beachbody, it's all of these people who are just like really passionate about fitness, you know? And you're just like, since when? Since when are you passionate about fitness? So the yes. more, to the point that you're going to be selling 
you know, they call it the Netflix of workouts, <laughs> their, <Yeah. laughs> their streaming service and their shake that I have so uh, many episodes on Beachbody from people that were like high at the top who expose all this stuff and people that were a small fish. And it's all the same. It's all the same toxic diet culture. It's all the same. Like I got an eating disorder. I got bankruptcy. I got a divorce. It's like, those are the stories. Like no one is coming out of Beachbody going, I solved all my problems and it's great. Nobody, nobody, mm-hmm. not even the people that they're putting out there. You look at these people and I hate to name names too, but you're looking sure. at these people who are put up there as the trainers, as the top of the pyramids. They don't look happy. No, they, they look don't. Miserable. They absolutely they look don't. malnourished. They look exhausted. They look like, help me. I'm blinking twice. Is anyone paying attention? I'm wearing my favorite yellow shirt today. Is mm-hmm. someone going to come save me? Hashtag free Britney kind of thing. Like that's what it looks like to me. And it's terrifying. And there's nothing I can do to wake any of these people up other than what I'm already doing and creating mm-hmm. the content and creating the education and hoping that the algorithm, you know, does work for good for good. It works for good and not for evil like it normally works. Sure. And I'm hoping that the algorithm will work in in my favor and find those people that need to hear the message that I'm saying. I have so many people that listen to my podcast that are smack dab in the middle of their MLMs and they're either mm. listening going, see, my MLM's not like that. Or they're listening and they're going, oh crap, she just talked about my MLM and she's not lying. Mm-hmm. I, I have to be compassionate. I have to understand that like there are people who need this advice and need this little bit of like compassionate, tough love who I'm not going to call you stupid. I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you you're dumb. I fell for it too. Yes. It, it happens. So many people fall for it. The MLM industry, and this is a very old statistic. So add however many more billion onto this that you like. But I believe this statistic is from like 19, or sorry, not 19, so from like 2013, 2014 or so. Back then, MLM industry was 178 billion with a B dollar industry. That is more than the NFL. That's more than uh, music. And that is more than Hollywood combined. Absurd. Combined. Absolutely shocking. And people, when people fail, they go, I just listen to a salesperson. No, you're in a massive corporation conglomerate pyramid scheme that is corrupt, like that is colluded by the government and protected. And the people at the top that are making all this money are like some of the most horrific, nasty people who have fraud cases and investigations into all of these things behind them. And it's just like in church, when someone gets in trouble for doing the worst possible thing, they get a slap on the wrist and they move to a different church. These people Uh get fired as the CEO of this MLM and become the CFO of another MLM. Uh And they just move them around. Uh It is disgusting and toxic. And everyone's like, I just wasn't a good salesperson. I'm like, you are missing so much of the point right now. It's not even funny. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah, it is not you. It's them. As evidence, (laughs) it is not you. It's them. As evidence, why I want to see the attrition rate. Like I would love to see that data. The churn rate, the ROI. I'd love to see any of that. But MLMs don't keep those kind of numbers. They don't. And they also like, I think they kind of game the system with regard to their numbers. Oh, absolutely. To make it look like, you know, people are actually making money when we know for a fact that they're not. Oh, absolutely. I have had to reverse engineer income disclosure statements Mm. to actually get the real numbers because they're like 50% make this much. And I was like, so that means 50% make less than that. Yes. Like if you're telling me that at least 50% of your people make at least $1,200 a year, which is like the most insulting number ever. You're telling me that half make less? 
have to make less than that horribly abysmal number, but you won't Awful. put it on your income disclosure statement. So I'm going to have to re like, I'm going to have to reverse engineer these numbers to figure that out. And yeah. I've done the math. I've looked at multiple income disclosure statements because people are always like, well, a nine to five job, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, paycheck, whatever, right? You do a job, you get the the, the salary, the paycheck, the, the contract, whatever it is in a regular job. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. MLM is all up in the air. So Mm -hmm. I'll tell people, I said, you know what, for the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to take the numbers that your company puts out and I'm going to figure out what that number would be if you worked and we'll be fair, a part-time job. If you worked this business as a part-time job with that being the average that people make yearly, let's see how much that hourly rate would be. Is it negative or 20 cents an hour? It's not negative, but it's, it's, it's less than prison wages. Wow. It's about 25 to 50 cents an hour. I'm I'm not shocked by that at all. Yeah. When you just said twelve hundred dollars, you know, by their math, yeah. It, yeah. that's absolute for all the yeah. time and effort, and that's what people are not accounting for. It's like you hear so many times, and they say, "Oh my God, I made five thousand dollars. I made five hundred dollars. Made does it? Does that <laughs> when you say you made? Did you grow? Yes. When you when you made money, what would you put in your pocket? What is your net profit? Like yeah, you're telling me, you know? I made a thousand dollars last month. Okay, but that's probably the growth. That's amount. That's the amount of the check. But we all right. know there were expenses and time yeah. that went into that. What is that number? And I think that's a harsh reality. Like I, I talk to friends, and it's like you know, my idea is like, gosh, you know, because you're you're better to give advice than I would. But if somebody was like considering getting into an MLM, it's like, okay, but run. <laughs> run first of all, run. First of all, don't. How about don't? But. Also, if you really want to consider it, like have them show you their profit and loss, have them literally. And most of the time, I don't think that these MLM members are do, are running a profit no. and loss. I think they are putting all this time that's not accounted for into it, all this time and effort. They're spending money on a credit card that they're not maybe properly tracking, you know, and they're just, I got to have that spring colors. I got to have this. I got to have, have the inventory. And they're not really like they're letting their expenses get away from them. Yeah. But the moment they get a check, they're like, oh, I made I'm in the green money. again. In their head, they're like, I, if it weren't for this MLM, I would have never gotten this check. Right. But it's like, if it weren't for that MLM, you wouldn't have spent X amount of hours at 25 cents an hour wage, right. you know, and money to buy. And you wouldn't have a garage full of red lipstick either. That you can't sell. That nobody wants. And now it's quote unquote expired because the expiration dates on MLM products are notoriously short. <laughs> We haven't even, that's not even something that I thought about. It's like, gosh, you've got all this inventory and it's like, okay, now it's expired. And Uh also, like you said, the MLM quickly moves on Mm -hmm. to the next big thing, the next spring line. And it's like, now nobody wants the winter line. Yeah. That's just. And a lot of times MLMs will only take back, like when you quit and you do like a resell, it's usually like only you get 90% because there's like a restocking fee. But most times like. MLMs will only let you t- uh, return what you've bought in the last year, in the last 12 months. And then also um, anything that is like seasonal or in some sort of capsule, a lot of times they won't let you return that because it's not part of like the main line. They can't put it back up for sale because that's a spring color that is not for sale anymore. You're stuck with and it. And so there's a lot of like stipulations as well when they're saying, oh, it's like, a, there's no risk. You'll get, there's a money back. You know, it's totally fine. But they don't also then go into, well, you can't return spring, summer, you can't return holiday, you can't return Christmas, we we can't return the glitters. You can return the main line. You're like, well, I don't really have any main line. Like I so it's it's very, very um misleading and, and intentionally so. Absolutely, because you are the customer. 
Right. Again. Um, right. <laughs> right back As to the we, same. <laughs> right back to the same. You are the customer. That's what we need to like drill into people's heads. You are the customer. Yeah. The second you realize that you are the customer, maybe some people would start to listen. But you know, and all, also there is hope because it's like you you say yourself, like you were knee deep. Like that was your whole world. You were in LuLaRoe and you thought you were doing good and making money and all this stuff until one day you realized you weren't. So if it worked on you, you were able to get out of it. It's going to work on other people. So so keep doing what you're doing because it is making a difference. I'm sure you probably get does it feel like sometimes you're screaming into at a wall and like nobody's <laughs> listening? You're screaming into like the void, this black right? hole. Yeah, the <laughs> void that like nobody's listening. But like, I guarantee you people are listening. Yeah. For a long time, it felt like I was screaming into the void. Um, and then I think really starting my podcast, I started it in 2021 in February on Valentine's day. It was my first Valentine's day as a single woman. And that's what I was like, I'm going to do this on Valentine's day. I'm going to start, I'm going to start a new relationship with (laughs) the most needy relationship (laughs) I've ever had. Uh, And so I started it then and it's been my healing and it's just in the beginning, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I felt kind of like screaming into the void and being like, is anyone ever going to listen? And it took off. And obviously, like I was in a documentary, so it, it took off even more then. But even before I was in Lula Rich, the, the podcast was doing really well. And there were so many people that were reaching out and saying, yes, yes, this is exactly how I felt. You're putting into words exactly how I feel. And I got so many people messaging me saying, your podcast was the reason I left my MLM or your podcast was the the crack that opened my eyes and made me actually do research because you were saying you should actually do the research. And I hadn't. And I was really like, well, she's right. I haven't. Let me do it. And then I did it and it introduced me to the fact that like, oh, this man killed his child. I don't want to be a part of this company. And they leave or or these things that these deep, dark secrets that these companies hide that are there if you want to dig and find. And really for me, I'm like, there's a red flag. There's an X. Here's a shovel. If you are interested, it's there. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to force anybody. I, I'm i not about control. I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you to leave your MLM. I'm not going to tell you you're stupid for staying. I understand. I stayed longer than I needed to and wanted to because of those things too. There's a lot of empathy and, and compassion and understanding because I've been in those shoes. I'm not ever going to do that. I'm not going to be the person that's like, Roberta told me to leave my MLM and now I'm I'm even worse off. Right. I don't ever want that to happen. Like It is a very personal choice. If you're leaving, you need to be ready. There are people that message me and say, I'm starting today. It's going to take me about a year. Is it cool if I email you and give you updates? I said, I would love to hear your updates. Mm-hmm. And they message me and I get I get that. I finally quit. I pulled the plug today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. And it's just really great. You know, it takes time. Everybody's journey is different. It's not formulaic on this side. It's mm-hmm. formulaic when you get in, but it is not formulaic getting out. And it looks so different. And I know that there are people that like look at me and my journey and compare themselves to that. Whether like, I don't have a lot of followers or how come nobody wants to hear my story? Whatever it is, like there's no comparison here. I've been doing this since 2017, but my my documentary came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of years that I was working behind the scenes and doing a lot of things that people didn't even know about. And they just see this documentary and they're like, I want to do that. Or I want that too. And how come it's not, you can't compare. There's so much work to be done. And it's just, everybody's story is different and everybody's story is valid and needed. We need every single type of story to fill this jar, right? Like uh, there's like the science experiment I always see about like, is the jar full, right? You fill the jar full of like ping pongs and you're like, is the jar full? And you're like, yeah. And then you fill it with like marbles and it fills all the little holes. And you're like, is it full now? And you're like, yeah, it's full now. And then you can put sand 
And, but then it's still, there's room for water. And it's like, every story is important. Not everybody is a ping pong story. Right. Not everybody was thrown through the ringer and has psychological abuse and all of the most horrible things. Some people just have this really, I just want to tell you my story because it's just kind of different. I had one woman that was like, I need to tell you my story because I did everything by the book. Mm-hmm. I never overspent. I never spent on a credit card that I didn't pay off. I never bought anything that I couldn't afford. <laughs> I never bought anything that I never like went for a rank that I couldn't financially justify, like with that bonus, right? I'm not going to mm-hmm. spend more than I'm going to get. And she was meticulous. Every single thing, profit and loss statements from the beginning. And she still lost money. And and so it's it's those stories, right? Like we're telling these really crazy, like huge stories of I was stalked, I was attacked. And then we're also telling these, like, the only person I could get on on my team was my grandma Mm -hmm. kind of stories too. And so it's like very real. And I think all of them are very valid. And I just I want people to know that there is space in this movement for every single person that has a story. And it is so important. In the entire month of November, we talked about that, telling your story with that hashtag, I got out and telling your getting out of these, these high demand groups. It's just, it's, it's so important. And I don't think people understand, like they think I don't have a big enough story. I don't have a good enough story. Nobody's going to listen to my story. And then maybe you leave a comment under someone else's story. And your comment is the comment that inspires someone else who's reading your comment. And your comment is the one that makes people go, oh my God, I am in a cult. So you don't know, you don't understand, like you don't have to, you can be that little drop of water story and make the same amount of impact and and change as a big ping pong ball story too. You you make a great point. Know, know that. And you come off as completely genuine in that. And you don't come <laughs> off as you. somebody, yeah, like I, I've been, you know, listening to your podcast. I saw you on the documentary. You really do not come off as somebody that's like, um, you know, when somebody starts the keto diet and it's like, they're so in it that they're like, this is the way for everybody because I right. lost 20 pounds. So you need to be doing it. It's going to work. You were in an MLM. It didn't work out for you, obviously, but it did like you were very successful in the MLM. But like at a certain point you realize like, this is not good for me. I'm going to get out right. for my own reasons. You're not preachy in your message that like, I got out and this is why you have to get out too. You're like, I got out. <laughs> It's alarming, and I need to send this message out to the world so at least people are armed with the information because it is so predatory and dangerous. And that's how it comes off to me is that you're just like, I will tell it to anybody who will listen, you know? Absolutely. These are the facts, but also this is my own experience, and everybody's experience is different. And it's kind of like, yeah, like you said, not everybody has to be anti-MLM on a level of Roberta Blevins to be in a documentary and to have a successful podcast, they can also be that person that's just like had a bad experience, has learned a lot of alarming things about the MLM and they want people to know they could just be uh, having wine with a friend and just share their story with that one friend that helped that one friend get out of it. Um, And it's kind of like, you know, you see these movements that maybe you want to be a part of like politically or humans, human rights. And sometimes you beat yourself up. I've done this before where I'm like, but I'm not going to any rallies. Like I'm not getting out there and like (laughs) protesting and I'm not holding a sign. But what I am doing is that when the topic comes up and maybe I bring it up, maybe somebody else does, I take the opportunity to educate people and say, look, this is what I've learned. This is why I believe that it's important, da, 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 da. And I think that that helps too. 
right? You don't have to be holding the sign at a rally. You don't have to be on a documentary. You don't have to be a content creator that's anti-MLM. You can just tell anybody who will listen at Starbucks, you know? Yeah. And that helps too. It is really important, you know, and I think part of the reason why I come off as genuine and not pushy or preachy is because to me, like being pushy and preachy is very culty. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't yeah. want to you're, be you're getting a, You're like, raging against that. That was your old life. <laughs> I'm very, very conscious of um, c- the control, like telling people what to do, telling people you should have done this or I would have done it this way or anything like that uh, because I don't like that. I, I mm-hmm. don't like the control. Like I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to control you. I only handle myself the end, right? It ends there. I don't want any more responsibility than I need to have. And so for me, I just want to point out, there's this great quote uh, on the show Bojack Horseman, where it's like, you don't really recognize that the flags that you're seeing are red flags because you're wearing rose-colored glasses. And I totally messed that up because it's something effective. Like when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, you don't notice that the red red flags just look like flags. And I think a lot of times we're in this space and we just don't see it. And it's important for us to tell our stories and to leave comments and to, it's a community, right? And I'm not even as anti-MLM as I think people would like me to be because I do give people grace. And sure. I do give people that space to, I say it's okay. I give permission to be okay. It's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also I have my own like kitschy, culty MLM collection that I've been collecting over the years of weird <laughs> things. I have like guests and listeners send me things. They're like, do you want my weird Mary Kay diamond? I said, I do. I yeah. really do. <laughs> I've got like holiday magic, um, which is one of the very earliest MLMs that was shut down for being a pyramid scheme in the 1970s. I have one of their like training records that someone sent me and I'm so excited to listen to it. And so it's like this kind of thing. So for me, it's come full circle to the point where I'm so anti-MLM that now it's kitschy and like, you're a collector like, of a cult. MLM paraphernalia. Yeah. <laughs> MLM culty paraphernalia. Yeah. I even made a joke. I did a Heaven's Gate episode. I was like, I kind of want a pair of like, not the Heaven's Gate Nikes, obviously, no. but a pair of Nike decades would be just yeah. cool to have in my like cult museum, but they're very expensive on Shit, eBay. All this time I thought they were I, Nike Cortez. They are, are they not? Nike decades. Oh, all this time. And I'm Nike like, I, I used to wear Nike Cortez back in the day, yeah. but they're Nike decades. Oh. They bought them because they got such a good deal because they were just not a popular shoe and they were able to buy them in bulk for very cheap. No and shit. And then after it happened, Nike discontinued the decade, but you people still had pairs and you can buy them on eBay. I got it. I was now like, that is the ultimate. One of the oh, ultimate. that is the ultimate. Now, if somebody gives you their pink Cadillac from Mary Kay or what is that? Was that a Mary Kay thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a Mary Kay pink diamond. I've got I've got uh, some like pins, like top recruiter and stuff. Like they'll send me those things too. So. I love that though. I think that that's <laughs> any, that's actually fascinating. You should start a museum. <laughs> yeah, right. Or like weird stuff I'll find at the Goodwill. I'm like, oh, we're buying this. We're trying yeah. this. Like this was an MLM product. We're gonna get this. So it's just kind of fun, you know. Like yeah. I'm so far removed from it, and I I know who I am and what I am and what I believe and. and And I feel like my content and my message speaks for itself. So I'm able to have fun and to say, you know what? Everyone was telling me this was a really great product and I found it at the thrift store. Let's see if it works. And giving a review of a defunct product that doesn't even exist and you can't buy anymore. I'm like, if you see one of these at your Goodwill, you should grab it though. Because it's a pretty (laughs) good thing. Like if you can get it for under $9.99, it's a great deal. (laughs) So, you know, it's just fun. And we create a community where we're talking about trauma and some of the hardest, most difficult things. 
And if you can laugh through your trauma and you can heal through that laughter, like it is such a more fun and safe space to be. So while we do talk about, I mean, you listen, you know, we talk about some like really heavy stuff mm-hmm. and then we make really horrible jokes or, or things in between and we laugh and, and we kind of poke fun at ourselves. And I think it's really important to make a heavy topic slightly light in a respectful way. Too. Yeah. So that it's easily consumable and it's it's more fun and you 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 educate yourself a little bit better because you're actually looking forward to listening to something that's educational as opposed to feeling like it's a chore. You're exactly right. And it, there's humor in just about everything, right? <laughs> and like obviously context matters and like timing matters, but like, yes, there is humor in just about everything. And it's it really is a coping mechanism, like uh, not to get off on a tangent, but it's like, you know, me and my mom, we, we are very... Um, Every Thanksgiving, she and I get into a political debate, all right? We are, like, on opposite sides. But it's that whole, like, but we also, the way that we cope with each other is to just make fun of things and to, like, to, like, laugh about it. We get into these really deep and, like, heavy conversations. But, like, the way we can cope and, like, coexist is, like, just, like, laughing and humor and, that you know. And I think that right. that often happens, like, with death, too. It's like, gosh, you got to yes. just be able to have those levity, those lighter moments, you know, to be able to make yeah. it a little more... um palatable. Yeah, absolutely. I actually made a joke on a recent episode that I was like, is that like bad? Is that in bad taste? Is that? But I left it in because I thought it was funny. We were talking about therapy and and I had a a therapist friend come on and we were talking about how it's so important when you're moving out of MLM and, and if you're hitting these roadblocks, that therapy is a really great thing and to talk to somebody who knows and how to find the right kind of therapist. And she said, she also said, but you know, also telling your story, leaving comments, being on podcasts, that's really great accompaniment. And so Mm -hmm. I said, so what you're telling me, I made an Optavia joke. I don't know if you guys know about Optavia over here, but it's like a beach body kind of thing. Expensive starvation diet, cardboard snacks. And I said, so what you're saying to me is like therapy is like the lean and green and like being on podcasts and sharing your story is like your fuelings. And she's like, did you just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> compare therapy to Optavia. I said, yes, I did. I absolutely <laughs> did. So it's that. I was like, everybody listening got it. They all understand. It's a great analogy. So. Totally. Oh my God. You have to be able to do that. Uh, I, yeah. I think that more people will listen to It's like, God, and I know this in true crime too. It's like, sometimes right. it can just get so dark and so heavy, but there are those moments where you can make fun. Absolutely. And I've seen like, you know, there's the true crime memes and maybe some of them cross the boundaries of, okay, that's a bit problematic. But like, for the most part, you there are things that you can poke fun of, right? It's you're yeah. not you're not making fun of the victims. You're not, you know, maybe, right. none of that. Um, but there are things that you can poke fun of and we all need to laugh. And I think that that in itself is really great therapy, laughter. Yeah, absolutely. Laughter has saved my life more times than I can count. So for me, it, going through traumatic experiences has just made me funnier. So I'm like all for it. I'm like, great. A couple <laughs> years from now, I'm going to have some great stories to tell about this. <laughs> Not ready to tell them now, but a couple years from now, you know? So for yeah, me, I always try to find like the lightheartedness because I say on my show all the time, if we don't laugh, we cry and I'm tired of crying. <laughs> yes. It's so true. And, you know, we can make fun of ourselves and all of us, make decisions that we would never make today. And um, you're very open about your story. And I think people appreciate that and they resonate with it. You are not trying to hide the fact that like, look, you also fell victim to this, like millions of other people. You are not an outlier, despite what like 
it may seem like when you believe you perceive that you've failed, you're right. not an outlier. You could literally just like uh, walk across the street and probably the lady across the street's gone through the same thing. Absolutely. Where she failed, you know, the sales aspect. So, well, I want to leave you with one last question. Um, are there any MLMs that we could talk? There's so many that are problematic. Is there an MLM that you've come across that's like, seems okay-ish? Or no. can you poke holes in pretty much every MLM that you've come across? Yeah, because it's okay. a structure, right? It's sure. a structure. There are MLMs that are like, but they're green They're green and clean. I'm like, great. I'm glad they're cruelty-free and I'm glad that they're greenwashing or whatever. Like, I'm glad that they think they're doing something great, but it's still a pyramid scheme. Like, it's mm -hmm. still a pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. But they're using this and they're donating to domestic violence charities. Great. I bet they own that domestic violence charity that they're donating to. And it's really just a tax shelter. But that's great that they're doing yes. that. But it's still a pyramid scheme. But mm -hmm. mine saved my life and it got me off my medication and all this stuff. And I said, that's awesome for you. I hope you're not telling people that because that's kind of a health claim and super not cool. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad it worked for you in your specific instances. But it's still a pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. You know, the the loss rate for gambling, I think everybody that is of age that has had the opportunity to go into a casino and put a dollar bill in the slot machine has. Uh, if you've ever been to Vegas, you know, gambling, the loss rate of gambling is only 95%. So you're, you're better you off gambling. Better you're better off. And at least you're having a good time, you know, losing right? your money in Vegas. With MLM, like you're not having a good time. You're literally like harassing your old Spiraling friends from high school and your family. Chaos. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, right? It's crazy. I just think, you know, we've got to keep putting that number out there, that 99% yeah. plus of people who actually break even or lose money in an MLM is just yeah. absolutely staggering to me. And I would say the worst one, I, I would say the worst one, because there is no good one, but I'll give you the worst one. I think personally for me and all my research and everything that I've learned, uh, Amway, and just sort of their whole thing and everything that they've done because they're connected to the legality of it. They're the reason that MLMs are legal. They're the reason mm. that they're here. They started a lot of it. They weren't the first, but they were an early adopter. Uh, they're very, they were very shrewd and smart. They got very entangled with the U.S. government very, very early on. Mm. Um, it's interwoven. You see a lot of that. It's it's so connected. Uh no one is innocent in this, but I, I think really that Amway is one of the, is the grandfather kind of. And so in Amway even existing and being so prolific for so long that it is really sort of made MLMs and network marketing like commonplace. Like, oh, oh, my mom used lock soap. Oh, I had, we did Amway. Like it's so commonplace. Oh, we had Tupperware. We had that. So it's just, it's become so commonplace, but Amway is one of the reasons that it is. Mm -hmm. And so for me and their tool cult scam, which was a, a story we did on my podcast that was wild, but like even that, like it's just, they have allowed so much bad that has then even gotten worse and, mm -hmm. and been manipulated even going forward. And they're the reason we're, they're the reason I have a job. So I have to really appreciate them at the same time. It's like a double-edged sword here. Yeah. The goal, uh, it's, but it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like you're working toward a goal to where you actually could shut down your podcast tomorrow right. because there is nobody else in an MLM in this world who needs to hear your message. That would be amazing, right? Right. right. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that will ever happen, but no. it would be cool. Right. But that, I mean, obviously that would be like the ultimate goal is to to create so much awareness that people are like, nah, I'm good. 
Mm-hmm. And, and and that's one of the reasons I, I speak uh, at a lot of college universities. I, I did a speaking gig at Iowa State. I flew in and was there for a convention or a conference that they had. And I actually spoke uh, via Zoom at the New Jersey School of Business to talk to one of their um, economics classes about multi-level marketing. And so Very I'm trying cool. to really hit the younger generation and let them know, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what your, like, tech bro, bro thinks. No, no. And here are the red flags that are present in all of them and go forth with this information and protect yourself. And I think that's where we really have to educate the youth because they're the ones that are going to be joining. They're the ones that don't understand. Well, I see things are changing because if we rewind 20 years ago, there wasn't this, I didn't even know. I never heard MLM. I never really, what's an MLM? Like I knew people who were in Avon, but it's like, oh, they just joined this cool group and they make a little money on the side. Now there's this huge anti-MLM movement. So things are changing. And it's evidenced by, I see creators on Instagram who are in an MLM, but they won't come right out and say it. It'll be hidden in one of their little tiny hashtags. And that tells you they have to do that because they have to tiptoe around the fact that they're not just this like positive, you know, sends positive messages every day, beauty influencer. They're part of an MLM. They're actively trying to recruit you and make money off of you. And instead of like, if I'm with a legitimate company, I mean, I put murderish on every fucking thing, right? I wear (laughs) wear murderish hats. I have a murderish sign behind me. Like, I am like, this is my brand. Here I am. But with this, you know, these, they're there. If you're with a legit company, you would have no problem flashing their logo or the name of the company. But when now when you're all of a sudden having to hide it in a little hashtag, and that's the only way I was able to see that you're part of an MLM, that tells you that things are changing. Oh, yeah. That people know that there's a stigma attached to being in an MLM now. Yeah, there was a a quick example before we go, because it it fits perfectly. And and it's a Beachbody example. There was a woman and I play this game on TikTok sometimes when I'm bored and I have free time called how many clicks. And if anybody follows me on TikTok, they know they've seen it. And I will find somebody who I I know in my heart and in my soul is selling an MLM. <laughs> and I will see how many clicks it takes me to confirm that. Yes. Right? I their link, I'll click on maybe a picture or a video and I'll count them and I'll take a screenshot each time. And then I'll recount and I say, here was the first click. This is what I saw. And this is what was a red flag to me. And we'll go through it. So there was this one woman who was selling something. And I was like, this is obviously Beachbody. Like, this is obviously Beachbody. I couldn't find Beachbody anywhere. Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Beachbody. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I started going into her her pictures and I found her, I had to find her Instagram, still couldn't find it on her Instagram. I'm like, now at like 15 clicks going, maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. She had a PhD. I was like, I don't think I'm wrong though. So I kept going. What ended up having to happen is I was going through her pictures scrolling through the pictures that actually had comments because again she had a lot of followers but not a lot of likes and comments which is another like ratio where you're like this is not a, like they bought followers absolutely like, they, they have, bought followers have a ton they of have followers no, they don't have any likes or no comments. engagement no engagement but 20,000 followers right. makes no sense so most of the comments were like promoted on you know all of those like bots but there was one comment that was like girl you're such a best fan you're so amazing and so great to have you blah blah and i was like yes a clue and i clicked that person which led me to her page and again i could not find anything and i was like i know i'm right (laughs) i was so angry so i just googled her name yeah and then i googled beachbody because i was like i know she's in beachbody and 
her website came up and you know, on Google, it says like must include or does not include. It says does not include Beachbody. Yep. I was like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not even on her website and all these other things. But then I found that she was like a top Beachbody hunt in the UK and was actually on the team Beachbody podcast. Wow. And I found the episode and I was like, there's so much schadenfreude in me right now as a podcaster and an anti-MLM advocate to find out that you are in this MLM. And the way that I found out, because you have obviously done a lot of work to scrub all of your socials of the word Beachbody, but sure. you were called out by the Beachbody podcast. And I was all, <laughs> that's so good. I was like, you can't hide that. No. You can't cover that up. Exactly. So it was, it's again, I mean, I think there was like, I don't remember how many clicks. There was like 20. I was like this. I called it how many clicks the movie because it was the longest how many clicks I had ever done. But that's, cl- I mean, that is a classic example. And that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. You would not yeah. know that this person is like this beauty influencer who just is popping up every day and doing these motivational messages and this and doing her makeup and stuff like that. You would have no idea unless you really, really know how to look and take the time to look, right. which again, if you're a business owner and have a legitimate business, you are going to scream from the mountaintops, the name of your business, right. every post, the name of your business is going to be all over that post. It better be, you know, that that's how branding works. But if you're hiding it, it's a huge red flag. And maybe I mean, that's like advice to like people considering joining an MLM. It's like, okay, right. so the hun bot who's trying to recruit you, is it obvious that she's in an MLM? How, MLM, how many clicks did it right. take you? How many clicks did it how take How many clay Roberta's game? You know, because yeah. it's like, that's a huge, huge, huge red flag. And then also here's a red flag. Like when people ask me, when I talk, oh, and so-and-so was on the podcast today and people go, oh, what's the name of your podcast? I don't say, DM me, hun. I say, yes. life after MLM, yes. check it out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't say all secret check about your it. inbox. Yeah. <laughs> I want people to know. I it's want not people a to go, secret. I want to listen to this. I want it to is join this community. Is not a secret. All not right. A secret. <laughs> it's not a secret. It's not a secret. Great at point. All. And I think that's a really great place to end because it's like if you know, I always try to think about like what advice you know you give people who are like considering it or things things to consider. It's like that's something to consider if they right. are hiding the fact that they are part of this MLM, that is a huge red flag. They have something, yeah. a reason to hide. So don't do it. My biggest red flag, my biggest red flag to share with your listeners is there's only one type of business that trains their reps on what to say when someone asks them whether or not they're a pyramid scheme. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I have never been no trained one at on Target that. <laughs> going, no, I promise we're not a pyramid scheme. It's yeah. totally... You- can totally shop here. We got new stuff. Here's a red cart. We are not a pyramid scheme. There's nobody at the Walmart corporate events going. So the first thing in business, if anyone asks if we're a pyramid scheme, we're definitely not. It's because you're in a pyramid scheme is why they're coaching you on how to say that you're not in a pyramid scheme. Otherwise they would have no reason. I think that's, that's a perfect, perfect way to put a bow on this entire episode. It's such a good point. And it's like almost like these things are hiding in plain sight. You know, these red flags are hiding in plain sight. But thanks for sharing your story and making time to come on my podcast. Yeah. And if anybody's listening and going, oh my God, I think I'm in one of these and I need some advice, just hit me up. I'm on Instagram. You can find me, Roberta Blevins. Just Google me. I'm everywhere. Yeah. Let's, okay. So (laughs) again, I want you to, 
the the name of your podcast is Life After MLM. You guys, I am a listener uh, and I did not become a listener because she's on my show. I've been a listener because it's fascinating content. And I'm not even somebody who um, has been in an MLM. I've not been in that world, but I find it very fascinating because it has that culty, scammy aspect to it. Um, And we all have some, we've all had some brush with an MLM, whether it's you were in one, you bought the products, yada, yada. So Life After MLM is your podcast. And what is your handle on social media? So on Instagram, I'm the real Roberta Blevins. And on TikTok, I am Berta like, whoa, (laughs) W-H-O-A. Okay. Oh my gosh. Thank you again, Roberta. And email me. Email is the best way to get a hold of me. Is the real Roberta Blevins at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me. Oh, nice to meet you, Roberta. Thank you again for making the time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jamie. Dirty Money Moves is a collaboration between Murderish and Cloud10 Media. Executive producers are myself, Jamie Rice, and Sim Sarna. Research, writing, and producing for the miniseries is done by Devin Ruskin. Emily Crane does the audio mixing and editing. Josh Cook composed the music, and Brian Stefanik created the podcast cover art. Follow us at Dirty Money Moves on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And if you like the show, please rate us, review us, and leave us a few stars at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. If you're into true crime content, check out my other podcast, Murderish. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next week for a brand new episode. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.